welcome to People, Places, Planet Pod, the official podcast of the Environmental Law Institute, a nonprofit, nonpartisan organization working to ensure a healthy environment, prosperous economies, and vibrant communities founded on the rule of law. Hello, and welcome to another episode of People, Places, Planet podcast. My name is Jim McElfish, and I'm senior attorney here at the Environmental Law Institute, ELI. May is America Wetlands Month, time to celebrate one of the natural world's most productive and important ecosystems. Wetlands provide valuable ecosystem services, including habitat for countless species. Wetlands also act as highly effective carbon sequestering systems or carbon sinks. Many wetlands serve as buffers to reduce the intensity of waves and storm surges that threaten coasts and coastal communities. Since 1989, ELI has honored over 200 champions of wetlands protection through the National Wetlands Awards Program. The awards program recognizes individuals who have demonstrated exceptional effort, innovation, and excellence in protecting these critical ecosystems. Past awardees share a tireless dedication to ensuring the long-term sustainability of the many ecological, economic, and societal benefits that Wellens provide us. This year, six awardees were chosen in the following categories. First, Trinity Favaza, in the category of Youth Leadership, which is a new category to the Wetlands Awards Program this year. Second, Dr. John W. Day, Jr. for Scientific Research. Third, Rob Wade for Promoting Awareness of Wetlands. Four, Sam Lovell for Local Stewardship. Five, Ted LaGrange for Wetlands Program Development. Six, Mark Beardsley for business leadership. Though ELI was not able to hold an in-person award ceremony to honor this year's awardees, we have instead carried out virtual events and information symposia and forums throughout May to recognize the many achievements of these award winners. These have featured blogs, videos, written publications, and this podcast, all featuring and including material written by the award winners. To view these materials, check out elinwa.org and search hashtag Wetlands Awards 2020 on social media. To close out the month, We've invited our six 2020 award winners to provide their perspectives on the importance of conserving the nation's wetlands. We asked each of them, what is the importance of wetlands protection now and in the future? Here's what they had to say. My name is uh, Dr. John Day. I'm an emeritus professor in the Department of Oceanography and Coastal Sciences in the College of the Coast and Environment at Louisiana State University, where I have uh, worked for 50 years now. Uh, Even though I'm an emeritus professor, I've continued a very active research program, uh, and I hope to do so for several more years. 
All right. Uh, I've spent a lot of my career studying the Mississippi Delta, and this is enormously threatened by changes in the, how we manage the, the Mississippi River and by global change, especially uh, sea level rise, uh, because coastal wetlands exist within a very narrow elevational range, and, and sea level rise can easily lead to the deterioration of large areas. And, and, and here in Louisiana, the state of Louisiana has developed a large uh, restoration plan for the Mississippi called the Coastal Master Plan. And it's, a, it's an attempt to uh, re-naturalize the Delta. It's a 50-year, 50, $50 billion program, which will probably in the end cost a lot more, but it involves uh, fixing the hydrology of the Delta, reintroducing the Mississippi River into coastal wetlands, um, and rebuilding oyster reefs and things like that, and, and trying to use the energies and, and uh, resources of nature to build a self-sustaining ecosystem that will give us both uh, flood control and uh, environmental uh, sustainability. Because one of the important things that happened was in the building the flood control system for the Mississippi River, uh, levees were built alongside of the, of the river through through the Mississippi Delta, and so practically all of the freshwater and sediment input into the Delta was eliminated. And a, an important goal of the uh, restoration program in the Mississippi Delta is to reintroduce the river into the Delta in order to uh, sustain it. Yeah, I'm um, Mark Beardsley. Um, from Buena Vista, Colorado, and uh, my company's Ecometrics. I'm a stream and wetlands ecologist and uh, work on a lot of restoration projects. We're particularly interested in um, small streams and beaver systems. Really a reason why that's become a, a big deal here where I live in Colorado, which is a really arid, um, a really arid place where we worry a lot about um, our water supply um, and starting to realize that having a lot of wetlands in our um, in our headwaters eco in our, our headwaters watersheds um, is important um, these watersheds can act more like catchments for the water rather than than just shedding the water off um, they, they store water they're like sponges up there um, in the headwaters they, they they store water when we get our snow melt runs off in the spring in the summer and then gradually release that. It gives uh, a lot of resilience to, to drought. Um, they help abate floods when they spread water out over wide floodplains. Um, and all at the same time, they're creating habitat for all the plants and animals that, that share the world with us. Hi, I'm Rob Wade. I'm the outdoor education coordinator for the Plumas County Office of Education in the Plumas Unified School District. Well, why are wetlands important to me personally? Uh, well, you know, as a child, I think we all have a radar for water. And uh, I grew up in the San Joaquin Valley uh, of California, farmland, and got to experience a lot of wetland. Uh, but I wouldn't say that I, I had a lot of conscious connection with how important it was until a little bit later. Um, I would have to say when I, I was living and working in uh, the Lake Tahoe Basin, Swinging a hammer actually was my profession at the time. And a friend who was running an after school program called Adopt a Watershed invited me to come and uh, lend her a hand. And I did. And the more I did it, the more I loved it. 
and uh, not, you know, part of it was working with kids, but the other part of it was what we were studying, which was their watershed, this local basin that holds their life and holds the nature culture of their place and water from the ridges all the way down to the lake, at least in that location, really define the sense of place there. So that's where I first, um, I would say I first connected around uh, the importance of, 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 of water and wetlands. Um, I think that went a little bit further for me a few years later when I relocated to the Upper Feather River watershed, which is north of Tahoe in the Sierra Nevada. Um, actually 20 years ago, right around this time, um, I was involved in a couple of launches. One of them was the, um, I'm a founding board member for the Feather River Land Trust. And there wasn't a land conservation organization dedicated to our region. And um, some other conservation minded friends and I pulled our resources and our passion together to launch that organization. And, uh, and, and a lot of it was because while 65% of our region is public land, most of these upper montane valleys where the wetlands are, um, are all private land. Hello, my name is Shinini Favaza. I'm 13 years old and I'm very proud to be here. And I just wanna say thank you for this opportunity and it is a big honor. I think it's really important to protect the wetlands now because what we do now will affect the future generations of wetlands and their inhabitants, and it will ultimately affect us. We better protect them now before they are gone because it is going to get hard to breathe without them. We must impact the governments around the world to make changes in policies and how industry impacts the wetlands. We need to petition government officials to protect our wetlands. We can write letters or propose proclamations and even call our national, our national politicians to urge them to protect our wetlands. It's important to keep the wetlands that we have now and begin to slow down the damage that we do. It would be great to help them expand to make our lives better. Wetlands also absorb water, which helps prevent flooding and the plants within them filter the water. Protecting them protects the homes of wildlife and plants, which adds better value to our lives. Many wetlands on our planet have been affected or destroyed by human actions, and up to 40% of the world's species live in the world's wetlands, but many of them are facing extinction, which is not okay, and we need to fix that as fast as we can. We need to realize that the wetlands take in carbon and produce the oxygen that we breathe. They're a crucial part of our life on this planet. If we don't protect our wetlands now, we may end up going past the point of no return. Global warming also becomes a very real issue with the loss of our wetlands and the medical miracles that will be housed within them. They may be lost forever. The cycle of life will also continue to fall apart. It is nobody's right to take away wetlands from us or any future generations. The joy they bring us is something Hello, that no one should have to Hello, my name is Sam Lovell. I'm a project manager with Friends of the Detroit River. Everything Thank that you. we've already talked about uh, contribute to the importance of wetlands, but probably most important would be the cleansing effect that wetlands have on our fresh water, the most valuable commodity that we have here on our planet. Uh, wetlands serve as a filtering system, removing sediment, nutrients, 
and pollutants, they spread out the, the, and slow down the flow that otherwise could cause erosion. And they prevent sediment from being transported to where it might adversely affect the ecology and pro productivity of other environments. Wetland soils and vegetation can capture, process, and store nutrients and contaminants. So yeah, the healthy wetlands um, can also improve, can also remove harmful bacteria and can be important in the management of urban stormwater by improving the removal of nutrients, suspended materials, and pathogens from water prior to its return to the environment. So from an ecosystem service provider, they rank at the top of the list. My name is uh, Ted LaGrange and I work as the uh, Wetland Program Manager for the Nebraska Game and Parks Commission. When we talk about wetland protection, I like to view it, uh, not only do we need, uh, we talked about the benefits that wetlands provide to society, not only wildlife, but also water quality, flood protection, groundwater recharge, and those benefits have to be sustained if, uh, if, they're, if, if we're going to uh, use those and we need those in the future. And so we have to carefully craft our wetland conservation work to not only protect the existing base of wetlands that we have, in some places we have in this country, we have, and even in the state of Nebraska, we have tremendous abundance of wetlands yet that are quite intact. And so that base needs to be protected into the future and uh, for the benefits that those wetlands provide. But in many places, um, uh, certainly I grew up in Iowa um, and in parts of Nebraska, where we have a, a lot of agriculture and, and urban development issues, uh, so we've lost a lot of wetlands. And, and in those landscapes and those places to, to bring those services back that wetlands provide, we have to have active restoration programs to, to, um, to bring those wetlands back and to provide those services into the future. And so uh, we, we have an active restoration program here in Nebraska, both on public lands, but also we work closely with private landowners, farmers, ranchers, acreage owners who have uh, land that may have a wetland that's degraded or drained, and they have an interest in, in uh, protecting and restoring that wetland. And so we work with them on a voluntary basis to uh, bring wetlands back onto their property. Not only does that benefit them, they have an interest in doing that obviously, but it also benefits society as a whole for those benefits that we talked about that, that wetlands provide. And then finally, I would note certainly here in, in the Great Plains and the Midwest, uh, wetlands have to be actively managed. And, and, uh, and so it's not just enough to protect that base. And, and this varies across the country, of course, but here anyway, if you protect that base, and maybe restore those wetlands. If you don't actively manage those wetlands, uh, they can uh, become a little bit degraded and not provide as much benefit as uh, as a wetland that's uh, um, not being managed. So, so that's something that we emphasize both on properties we work on and own, but also with and uh, partners we work with and and private landowners as well. So you need uh, that that multifaceted strategy of working with partners and landowners to protect restore and manage wetlands for the benefits that they can provide society. Thank you to all six award winners for their views on wetlands conservation and the importance of wetlands. I'd like to thank uh, Trinity, Dr. John Day, 
Rob Wade, Sam Lovell, Ted Lagrange, Mark Beardsley. These are truly impressive wetlands conservationists, scientists, activists, and educators. We look forward to many great things from them in the future. We could not do this award ceremony on our own. The National Wetlands Awards Program is administered by ELI and it's supported by the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency, U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, Natural Resource Conservation Service, U.S. Forest Service, NOAA Fisheries, and the Federal Highway Administration. A committee of wetland experts representing federal and state agencies, academia, conservation groups, and private sector organizations selects the award winners each year. Thank you all for listening and congratulations once again to our 2020 National Wetlands Awardees. Thank you for tuning in to People, Places, Planet Pod, brought to you by the Environmental Law Institute. We would like to hear from you, so please send us your questions, comments, and ideas to podcast at eli.org. And if you're interested in learning more about our work, attending one of our events, reading our publications, or becoming a member, please visit our website at www.eli.org.